Welcome to this edition of Community Matters Podcast, where we discuss issues important to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institutes, Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. With this episode, we're expanding our podcast beyond the issues of managing and governing community associations. This new mini series of episodes focuses on our business partner members and how they are marketing themselves in the new virtual world we've all existed in since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. We'll be talking with various business partner members about best practices for marketing in a virtual world, how to make the best of virtual events, and how to make connections and new contacts without the in-person networking events that were, we were so dependent on in the time known as BC, before COVID. I have with me today two special guests. Sean McCabe with ServPro of Upper Bucks is the chair of the CAI Business Partners Council, and Michael Venitti is with Fresh Foam and is a member of the Business Partners Council. Sean and Michael, thank you for joining me today. Sean, uh, please tell our listeners a little bit about ServPro and what you do. Absolutely. Thanks for having us today, Tony. Appreciate it. Michael, looking forward to, uh, to the conversation. Should be fun. Um, in terms of Serpro, we are a fire, water, mold, biohazard, cleanup, restoration company. I think most people know, know us by now, know the green trucks and, and what we do. Um, we you know, really value our partnership with CAI. And with this group, we really are even more hyper-focused on uh, education and disaster preparation. Um, so we're really, really pushing for that now, especially in uh, what 2020 has become. So we think it's more relevant than ever to to be prepared. And, and, uh, and you know, we just we like being in the classroom on both ends, learning and teaching and look forward to more of that in 2021. Thanks for having me. Well, 2020 has been an overall disaster. So hopefully Sarah Pro can help clean that up. <laughs> <laughs> Our tagline is like it never even happened. Um, yes. I, don't know, I don't know that we can do that. But. It works. <laughs> so, Michael, we'll be specifically talking about Fresh Foam's uh, virtual marketing efforts uh, in a minute. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about Fresh Foam. Yeah. So, Fresh Foam, we clean and deodorize using biological, out-of-the-box techniques. Um, our main Priority is focusing efforts on trash areas, garbage chutes and dumpsters, loading docks, all the smelly areas outside of properties that you usually don't think of when they first come to mind when you're on site. Um, we use, hence the fresh foam, but we're using a foam to kind of clean these areas. And that's pretty much in the gist of what we do. Um, but the marketing efforts, again, because of what we do as a new technology, has really allowed us to kind of show virtually what we do. And that's what I'm really looking forward to kind of talking here in-depthly. So that's a good place to start. You, you have a, a unique product um, that uh, I would assume in, in, again, BC before COVID, um, you demonstrated very differently than you may be demonstrating now. And it's a, it's a, a, a a physical product. It's not a service like an attorney or insurance. So how, how have you adapted to the world of virtual marketing and what are some of the biggest changes that you've made for this new world that we've all existed in in the last seven months? So our foam, it's, it actually uses all the senses in our selling techniques. It's not, uh, we're not 
presenting a piece of paper and say, hey, this is what you're buying. Um, this is what the result will be. We, everything it's, you're looking at it, it's a very visual experience and it's also a auditory experience. You actually hear our machines operating and you know we're there, but above all, it's the scent. And our customers know us by our scent, it's really unique. So in a virtual world, scent's not possible until someone invents uh, smell-o-vision. It's not here. So when we're, Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we're at actual trade shows, we have our machines operating, uh, we're spraying the foam and people will come up and say, hey, I smelled you guys a couple aisles away. As strange as that sounds, but then people smell us, they bring their friends over and they start talking about us. Um, and really, it, that's been the biggest challenge for us because that's how we sell, which you can't do now. But again, everything's a little outside of the box, what we do. And if our kind of whole motto has been, if it's the status quo, don't do it. So we're not afraid to kind of go try something that's a little weird or different and maybe stand out. If people like it, they like it. If they don't like it, well, then we adjust. So that's when we started actually bringing machines, kind of almost making a little bit of a mess at the trade shows, testing our limits, getting feedback. And that's what worked. And now in the virtual events, we said, hey, we have an office where we're all working virtually now. Let's set up and literally just start spraying the walls with our phone. Let's see what happens. And people kind of lit up and started appreciating it. And whoever came to our booth to really hit on that smell that they're not able to get again through the cameras, we would send them our phone in the mail next day for UPS so that they, they could actually smell it and kind of continue the conversation evolving through. It's uh wanted to add, Michael, as you're talking, as you're describing that, I'm, you know, I can throw myself right into the situation because we uh, we both deal with pretty terrible situations or definitely terrible odor. And it's right. amazing the sense of smell, like how you can turn something around just with that, you know, with accomplishing that. So as you're describing that, I'm like really in the, you know, all the bad odors are coming or flooding back to me. And uh, it, it is interesting, but when I'm sure when you're complete and I know the same thing for us, there's this overwhelming, like just stress relief of that part of the job being taken care of. Odor is a huge, you know, it's just a big sense of people really, you know, it can be great or it can be terrible. And it's terrible when we get there and uh, it's good to leave it in much better shape than we found it. Right. Exactly. And a lot of it too, is because a lot of odor it's, you can't see the cause of it. So it's, I think there's some frustration when people can't, they don't know where it's coming from. And then once they have that pleasant scent, everyone's happy. One, one thing we always tell our customers, and again, I think our, our businesses are very similar in that, um, you know, people want the odor gone and sometimes like in a row home situation or in attached housing, if the unit that had the problem is not addressed and we're working in the one next door, unfortunately, you know, that odor might not go away um, until the unit with the source, until the source is removed. So I'm sure you guys deal with the same thing. The source is the problem and right. one, you have to identify it to attack it obviously and fix it. And then from there you should see great results. So, right. but I, I'm looking forward to visiting your office too. I know we talked about that and uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see and smell more. <laughs> you will, you will. And you can kind of see the room I'm in right now. It's the, the room we'll be doing the demos in. 
uh, virtually and kind of setting up the space. So we're doing phase one, which is prepping the visual experience on the walls and making sure everything's safe with water drainage to be used inside. Michael, you mentioned uh, that your company doesn't like status quo, which really interests me because that appeals to me because I, I like to think that our chapter of CAI is the same way. We like to try new things. We, we like to stay ahead of the curve as much as we can. We've uh, added a lot of digital marketing opportunities in the last few years. We didn't have a crystal ball. We didn't know this was coming, um, this, this pandemic, but we were well positioned, I think, um, to, to weather it. Um, and it sounds like your company was too, for the same reason. So what are some of the things, I guess, specific to the, the virtual expo that we had a couple of weeks ago? Um, and just for our listeners information, I guess, um, so our annual conference and expo was originally scheduled in May, uh, at Valley Forge Casino. That clearly was not possible for us to have that event this year. We postponed it once into July and with the hopes that we actually would be able to have it before we really, I think, understood the depth of the pandemic and, and how serious it was going to impact uh, everybody. And so when that happened, we started uh, exploring a virtual event and what all that entailed and looking at different platforms that we could use. So we were able to quickly, and I, I don't think we gave ourselves enough time. It was a very compressed time period, but you know we, we are pretty pleased with the results, but we did quickly pivot to a virtual event. And Fresh Foam and, and Surpro, both of your companies, um, made the decision to stay with the event and to exhibit in a virtual format. So how did that event help you from a marketing perspective? And I, 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 for both, that's a question for both of you. Well, the... For the, our marketing, we attend on average 10 to 15 trade shows a year. Uh, and that's how we get our uh, instant new customers that are going to say, hey, can you come out next week and get started? And, and let me just interrupt you a second. This was your first time uh, exhibiting it at our chapter trade shows, correct? Um, no, we exhibited actually last year. You did? Well. Okay. Last year was our first time. Um, okay. So then it was, you have... Sorry to interrupt again. You, you do have a comparison then from our in-person event to the virtual event, which I think is something we want to explore today too, but go ahead and finish your, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So um, just like everyone, where there was a phase where kind of business came to a halt and we said, all right, now what are we going to do? And we saw pretty much, um, we were able to keep all, all of our existing contracts. So it wasn't necessarily a financial um, trouble at that point, but business expansion wasn't happening. So we said, how can we continue to secure our existing accounts um, and then be in a position to expand once the markets turn around? And what we really put our efforts into was nurturing existing relationships as much as possible. And that's where we're going to put our existing marketing funds. So with that, it's kind of a roundabout way of saying that we were going to connect, build connections with everyone through our virtual show. And we weren't necessarily going in and we kind of changed our expectations for this year of, we're not gonna necessarily grow leaps and bounds through these events, but whoever we meet, it's not gonna be about selling our product, but it's going to be about nurturing, building relationships where people will remember us now, but in a year, in two years, they will still know us from 
maybe that 60 seconds they visit our virtual booth and we were the people that started using our foam equipment inside an office and doing something absurd. It was about making that instant impact. We're not selling, we're here just having fun while everyone's stuck inside. So wasn't the usual results that you would be looking for with a trade show where, hey, come out next week, but we've built a lot of relationships and nurtured and continued to grow a lot of existing accounts through it. And for us, Tony, um, first of all, I'm gonna, anytime I have the opportunity to, uh, to talk about what 2020 was specifically with CAI and the Expo, um, I just have to applaud the, off, the effort because, you know, we're like Michael, we, we do a lot of shows um, for a lot of years, we've been doing them and the decision was not an easy one. I know that. And I know you, uh, you spent a lot of time and energy and effort trying to figure out what's the best thing to do, but making a decision is the greatest thing you can do and then sticking with it. Um, and for us, it was, we're going all in. It doesn't matter what it is. Let's embrace the difference. Let's make it as great as we can make it. So I definitely applaud the chapter and, um, we had a, great experience. Um, I think there was a great opportunity, not just for the CAI Expo, but by embracing the virtual platform, like learning a lot of more, you know, learning how to do business differently, learning how to get your message out differently, learning how to connect differently. And that's probably here to stay, even if it's not in the Expo form, but in just overall connections and meetings, even within internally, you know, we're doing some staff meetings that are now virtual. So um, I think the effort was great by the chapter and Michael, you guys were unbelievable as far as, you know, embracing it and going all in. There was, there was, you know, there were some companies that really, really jumped in with both feet, learned a lot. And, uh, I, I think it was a great expo. I, we had great results and, uh, you know, it's, it's great to sit here and talk about it and be able to talk about some successes, but, uh, energy and effort were needed to make this a success. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for the chapter and Michael and for our company, I know uh, we, we put the effort in and I think it paid off. So Sean, you mentioned uh, that it was probably a difficult decision for us to make. And actually it wasn't. And the, and the reason why it wasn't is because um, at least from my perspective, and I think the board agreed with this once we laid it out for them, not doing the event was never a serious consideration. We had to do the event for two reasons. Number one, um, you know, our organization is facing the same financial issues that many organizations are facing with decreased revenue and all of that. So, so just from a purely, uh, I guess, survival point of view, we had to do the event in some form. Um, but more importantly, or as importantly, we had to remain relevant to our members. We couldn't just disappear for a year or however long this might last. We had to continue to provide continuing education opportunities for community association managers. We had to continue to provide information and resources to homeowners, probably more importantly now than ever, because they needed information on, you know, dealing with this. Do I open my pool? Do we open the clubhouse? How do we handle all these issues that we have never had to deal with before? Um, and they turned to CAI for the answers to those questions. And for our business partner members, you know, you joined in order to be able to network with that audience of managers and homeowners. So we couldn't just not provide that opportunity. So it actually was a relatively easy decision to say, yes, 
we're going to do a virtual event. The hard part was figuring out all the details. And, and certainly we owe a lot of uh, kudos to the Business Partners Council for the event training that we did, which, and I know, Michael, you participated in some of those sessions. Did you find that helpful? We, I mean, the Business Partners Council really stepped up and, and once we announced this event, you know, they, the, the council helped the staff see that we, do, we need to do some sort of training. We can't just announce this, throw it out there and say, we'll see you on September 9th. So the Business Partners Council put that six-part series together. How helpful did you find that? I know Marianne attended some of those sessions as well. It, it was extremely helpful because uh, we weren't necessarily prepared to start a virtual event. We've never done one to the extent that we decided to do one for CAI. And it was new territory for us. Um, and it was very, very appreciative because I'm sure as you know, not many companies, um, especially the smaller businesses, they don't have a full marketing department to put their effort into that they can turn to a, a young person and say, hey, go figure this out. They, they need instructions every step of the way. And I, I could see it from a lot of the other people, um, not necessarily with CAI, but throughout the industry as a whole that are going to these events where we're supposed to do these virtual events. And I don't even know how to use some of these apps on my phone. And now all of a sudden they're supposed to be expected to operate their business in a new environment in a digital world, which they're, they're just not accustomed to doing to even know how to figure out how to do it. So the training was A plus. It didn't even just help for this show, but it, it really put processes into place for us for every other for, uh, future virtual event that we'll attend through say AI and outside of it. So kudos above and beyond, very appreciated for that. And, and you actually just repeated something we heard so often from many of our business partners who are, their marketing department is a one person shop. We heard that from so many of our business partners. They didn't know, you know, they didn't know where to start because they're, they're, they're one person. And like you, they've never done this before. Um, so I think that training was really helpful. And there were some who didn't, you know, not everybody sat through the training. Um, and I think they were, at a disadvantage, uh, particularly the, the smaller uh, the smaller organizations. Let's talk about your your booth. Your well, we keep calling it a booth. It wasn't really a booth. Um, your virtual ex exhibit space, I guess. You you guys won the uh, the best virtual booth contest, um, and you clearly put a lot of time and thought into it. How much time did you spend prepping? For that and 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 thinking about what you were going to make your virtual space look like so our idea was to kind of mimic our website a bit um, as far as the the landing page where we're putting the resources but again doing something that wasn't the status quo how can we keep we thought uh, thought of it as you would if you were building a landing page how long can we keep someone on this web page before they decide to x out of it and go to a different vendor so bright colors, um, pictures that stand out that it's going to make you stay on for a couple more seconds. So wasn't necessarily about the content itself that we're putting on there, but how can we keep someone from staying on this page and clicking attend the booth? And that was the thought process that we would put into it. And then the kind of same thing when we did the virtual booth as well. So what can we do when someone comes into the virtual space where one, it defeats the awkwardness of 
this new world that we live in where you're supposed to both accept being on a webcam when you're used to being in person and trying to be semi-interested in each other and kind of get through that wall. So that's when we said, hey, let's use our phone and just start spraying the walls as we would at the shows. And whenever we kind of felt it was a little awkward in the conversation, because again, we don't, this is new for us. We'd say, hey, do you want to see this? And we would pick up our machine and turn it on and spray the wall. And next thing you know, people would laugh. And we had a, a photo up there of one of uh, one of our colleagues that wasn't here. Say, hey, we're going we're gonna to shoot Harry with the phone. And then they would laugh and everyone would start chatting, not about phone, but just about life. And so our strategy was, how can we keep someone on the page? And how can we break down the barriers of awkwardness to kind of hang out and just talk about this time that we live in? If I could, uh, I definitely want to interject there. First of all, congrats on on winning because you guys, it was well-deserved. Great yeah, display. Thank you. And uh, I think the key to it, and we had the, a very similar experience. I wanted to have fun with it. Like, right. you know, work hard enough. So there's plenty of challenges and difficulties with, you know, business and the day-to-day. But with this, have a little fun with it. And I know, right. you know, Rob and Becca and Amanda had a blast, you know, doing what they did. And you, you did, what you just described to me is the win, you know, the fact that people came to your display booth, whatever we're calling it, saw some things and were laughing. It's fantastic. It, I think that sets it up for a little bit easier, you know, connect down the road with, with the people that stopped to see you. So very, uh, very well done. And I, and I think what you said is really key, Michael, breaking down the barrier and making fe- people feel comfortable and doing something different because it is such a different environment. You don't have people walking up to your physical booth uh, like we were on a trade show floor. And I think what you did to make people feel at ease and have a little fun was really key. And I think, Sean, in the Surf Pro booth, you guys did something similar with your, I forget what you call it, Surf Pro TV or, or right. the concept was, was yeah, that was definitely different and it stood out and I think the, you know, Michael referenced the awkwardness of a, of a, an attendee coming into your virtual space with their camera on, not knowing who they would see on the other side of the camera. I experienced this myself with a virtual conference I attended back in August, um, where I knew very few people, and there were 14,000 people on this virtual event. And whenever I entered an exhibitor room, and I, I, I like I said, I, I knew maybe two or three of the exhibitors. So if I went into an exhibitor room and went under their Zoom, I had no idea who I was going to see on the other end of that camera. It's different than seeing the person standing on the trade show floor and walking down the aisle and, and walking up to the person and say, hi, what do you do? So breaking down that barrier and making people feel, feel comfortable when they came into your virtual booth, I think is a really important distinction that you made. And I think that's the way in, in terms of marketing in, in virtual events. I think that's the way our business partners need to look at this. And of course, having fun is always important. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tony, you, you, you mentioned different when you described Surpro and or me, and I, it's probably not the first time I've heard that I'm thinking. But I meant it in a positive way this time. I know you did actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say earlier too, uh, Tony, that through this virtual 2020 and all that, we've, we've seen a lot more of each other. So that's gotta be a really, a huge benefit to you, I would think. The, we the, have it. Is, yes. Yeah. Yes. The extra I'll time we've had that. together. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It, it's interesting that you say that because I think that also helps in this context. Um, 
you know, with, 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 so I've been with CII, it'll be 18 years in December. And typically I see my fellow chapter executive directors, there's 60 of them at most twice a year, once at the national conference in the spring and once uh, with an annual retreat we have at the CAI headquarters in, in uh, outside of Washington, DC, which takes place next week. We're not going to Washington, DC this time. It's virtual, but I've seen my colleagues on camera almost twice a week, or I'm sorry, twice a month since May-ish, roughly May. And it has been tremendously helpful. Just the, the, the ability to see people that you don't necessarily see very often and share ideas um, and people, you know, even in our own committee meetings here in the, in the chapter where we used Zoom prior to COVID-19, uh, most people wouldn't turn their cameras on. Now it's rare to see somebody without their camera on. So I think if there's a silver lining in this, it's helped um, everybody get a little bit more comfortable with seeing each other across the computer screen and interacting, which is good because we're, we're dealing with this for at least another quarter first quarter of next year, at least. Yeah. So M Michael, you, um, you had mentioned that you're retrofitting, I guess, part of your office to, um, I guess, sort of be a studio for future virtual events. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, sure. So uh, what we're going to do is make a dedicated space that is quickly accessible and ready to go at all times for any sort of event. So if it's going to be a pre-planned uh, CAI event that we're going to have uh, the foaming on the walls and the floors like we were doing before, or if it's going to be a space where we get someone on the phone and say, hey, um, can you do a demo in 15 minutes? And we have that space dedicated, ready to go. So it's all about a quick, always ready to go space for virtual events, um, quick demos with someone or if we're just putting out like a video, a quick video space that we're gonna to do to put out more digital uh, marketing events for social media, LinkedIn, or anywhere else. So what we're gonna be doing is um, installing multiple webcams for different angles that we're gonna be shooting. Uh, we have one of our big ah moments at the trade shows is we have a device that foams inside trash chutes. And what that is, it's a 360 device that spins around coast the whole inside of the garbage chute, um, you pull it up and down. So what, how we mimic that at trade shows is we bring a, a can and spin it and then people go, that's always the, the turnover point I call it when they say, okay, where's your number? I'm gonna give you a call. And we said, we're not gonna be able to demonstrate this, that at the event. So originally we had a webcam, we would hold it up and have it go down the trash chute. One person would foam inside of it at the event. But then day two came around and said, hey, what if we can hook up a second camera we'll have the shoot cam. So then we went into Zoom and we saw that you could set up multiple cameras on the same feed and we had the shoot cam ready to go. So you would be one moment, the attendee would be looking at the camera just as we are now and see us talking, demonstrating our phone on the walls. Then all of a sudden they would just only see the trash shoot cam. So now we're gonna be setting up actual spaces to show the very nuances of our equipment at all times within the office. Amazing. Uh, again, I just have to stress like having the difference between embracing what had to happen in 2020 versus 
oh man, this is, yeah, this is terrible. I don't want to do this virtual. Once you make that, you know, flip that switch, like what you guys are now right. doing with it, not just the expo was a success, but you're now, you know, leveraging into how you guys are going to operate and with your websites. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's great. Crazy is probably the wrong, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's right. It's what you have to do. Yeah. You have, everyone has to kind of embrace the times. If we could all kind of be like, this is the worst year on record I've known, but okay. So, so be it. Okay. But now what are you going to do? How are you going to continue to operate? How are you going to have fun? How are you going to get out of bed in the morning? Because everyone's at this lull they're feel sorry for themselves but we kind of have to wake up and have fun with it or else everyone's going to be keeping the same old rut and maybe you're not going to get the same amount of sales that you're going to get maybe you're not going to hit your targets but you have to do something to stand out have fun with it and if it fails so be it figure out the next step yeah and i think it's a uh, i think it's a learning process too because we and I, we've seen this back in the spring when we you know first started talking about the virtual about any kind of virtual events some of our exhibitors and sponsors their initial gut reaction was no no virtual we're going to wait until this blows over and the longer this goes on some of those i think some of those um companies uh, are rethinking that and realizing they can't just wait this out we have to engage in some sort of a virtual format. So, you know, some of them may take longer than others to get to that endpoint. But like I said earlier, this is with us through at least the first quarter of 2021. So, um, you know, those, and I don't mean this as a, as a criticism at all, but those who don't engage in a virtual format may fall, may find themselves falling behind if their competitors are engaging in a virtual format. So I think that's important to note. I think so. So I guess um, the only other question I think I'd like to ask is, uh, Michael, I guess for both of you really, having gone through our virtual trade show, if there was one thing that you think we could have done differently or that you would change if we have to do it again, and knock on wood, we won't have to, but you know, what is the one thing that you would have liked us to do differently uh, or, or do that we didn't do if we have to do another virtual trade show? I would say, Tony, from my perspective, I don't, I can't say that I would, I don't think, see, I don't think anything was missed, put it that way. So I think it's overall a great job, but of course, internally and externally, we're always looking for ways to improve anything we do. This probably the day of expo support could maybe be done better or more. Um, so that you can help some, again, we, the training was built to kind of level the playing field, let everybody learn at every level, you know, maybe somebody didn't need the most basic level, but they still attended that training and figured things out from there. So even if they went through the training that day of, I think people had some challenges, what exactly they were, I don't know. I think we can get some answers in and maybe figure out a way to provide more support if, you know, there's a future virtual event. Um, and, I strongly encourage people, if they can, to have two people in a virtual world, have two people on staff for um, your exhibit space, if possible. I know that is not possible for everyone, but I think it's, I, I can't say it's mandatory or I think it's necessary. And I think it's a huge advantage if you have more than one person. Yeah, those are good points, both good points. Sean, I strongly agree with having the two individuals the day out for a virtual event. It's you, you need it. Um, and I guess that would be my only suggestion uh, for future events 
is really um, explaining the the how you operate a virtual event the day of for uh, the vendors. Meaning, um, what does it mean if you are talking to someone on a webcam and someone starts to chat with you at the same time? Do you need two computers to do that? Can you do that on your phone? Um, fortunately enough, um, we were able to figure that out relatively quickly, but I could see some some vendors may be getting a little overwhelmed with that the day of when they kind of start getting these chat messages as well. But overall, excellent, excellent event. Perfect. And it, it might make, you know, it's a really simple statement, but maybe telling people ahead of, especially the attendees, just to be a little more patient. Like if you do get to an exhibit and you're there for, and I'm guilty of this, like if it takes longer than 10 seconds, like I'm out. <laughs> but with that virtual experience, maybe, you know, a little more patience when you see that it's, you're not getting right into where you're trying to get to. Um, right. It is new for everyone. So probably a patient uh, message might be a good one. All good points. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Final thoughts, any, any, any final thoughts for our listeners? For me, I just, I, again, I think CAI, great job. Um, business partner councils full of great companies. We, and they all came together and, you know, and did their thing and it was pretty awesome. And being able to talk to Mike and knowing that he had success is, is a huge win. So um, really excited about the future of whatever it's going to be, but really well done for 2020 gentlemen. Great. Yeah. Keep on, keep it on. Great job with the event and other vendors as well. Just keep your heads up, have fun. It's going to be an odd year, but got to try something new. Well, thank you for that. Thank you both for joining me today. This was a really good conversation. We've got a few more episodes in this podcast series coming up on virtual marketing. So stay tuned for those and uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.